So Morgan has little trouble tying up his attacker. Just takes time. Um, this mercenary who the strongman apparently sent after him doesn't seem to be in the business of keeping, excuse me, doesn't seem to be in the business of taking prisoners. He has no zip ties or any kind of restraining gear on his person. Just ammunition and explosives. So Morgan cuts up some of his clothes and ties him as tightly as he can with that and leaves him on the side of the road. He can hear him struggling as he gets into a car that he's able to hotwire. I'm just assuming that Morgan has either done this before or has seen it in a movie and the suit does the rest. But he gets back on the road and he notices two things at the same time as he drives past this dude that he's left on the road. One is that this guy is conscious and is straining to get out of his bonds. The other is that a bunch of, uh, a, a little group of desist surveillance drones are flying overhead in the direction that he's going, so toward the airport, and they're accompanied by a cease unit, a power suit. So, I don't know if that would change anything that he's doing. It, I figure probably not. It seems like he would just continue on toward the airport. Maybe you want to just give me a text or an email real quick that's like, proceed, if he's just going to go on. Um, if you If this would change anything that he's doing, then you can send me another recording. So I had this idea for D&D 5th edition, which you'll see how it's related in a moment. Uh, I wanted to make a diviner wizard, and I noticed that a lot of the divination spells are basically subjective. Um, like, they give you highly subjective information, i.e. information that's dependent totally on the DM's willingness to play along. So, like, if you cast the augury spell and you're like, what happens if we do this? It just tells you wheel or woe. Wheel being good and woe being bad. I thought, what if, you know, one of the special things you get as a divination wizard or a knowledge cleric was like, wheel, then woe. Like, first bad, then good. Or like, more woe than wheel. Like, something good, but mostly bad. That'd be cool, right? I say all that to say Morgan has a tiny bit of good luck and then some bad luck. The good luck is he hops into the car, which has a key sticking in it. Let's just forget about the whole hot wiring thing. Morgan finds an abandoned car with a key already in the ignition. Battery hasn't run out. It starts, and as he drives by, the dude he's just trussed up, the guy does lean up, and Morgan kicks the passenger side door open into his head and knocks him clean out. So that guy won't be coming back after you anytime soon.
bad news is there's no other cars on this road moving. So when the drones sweep by, they definitely notice this one car that is doing so. Seems like they can focus on the car where they couldn't focus on Morgan himself because of the suit. So the car is tracked and Morgan is within sight of the private airfield and the high fence in front of it when he hears the cease units coming up behind him. The first energy blast hits the road in front of him and it leads him by enough that he can screech to a stop before he hits the crater and the car flips over. Over a, a loudspeaker in one of the helmets, he can hear someone saying, Sir! Well, no, not sir. Driver, do not proceed. I repeat, do not proceed. Turn your vehicle around and go back to the city. This is a private airfield. I'm assuming Morgan is just going to back up, go around the hole, and keep going. Yeah, when he stops before getting into that crater, he'll slowly, you know, he'll he'll put it in reverse and start to kind of slowly back it up, back it up. And then he'll just slam it into drive or first gear, depending on what type of car it is. And he'll just floor it. And he doesn't have his seatbelt buckled or anything. And his goal is to you know, evasive driving, hopefully be able to outmaneuver these blasts and either get to the hangar or whatever the setup is. And he'll, he'll pull out his phone at the same time. Uh, or while he's, he's, while he's backing up, he'll pull out his phone and turn on the camera so he can start clicking rapid fire pictures to, uh, to send to Roland and I guess that would be a, a bit tricky for him to, to actually send them, but he's going to click a bunch of pictures real fast and then try to send them to Roland. And then, yeah, he would, then he would kick it into, into drive. Um, you know, he'd probably push it long enough to where maybe he got another warning shot, uh, before he kicked it into drive. So he'd be able to click some pictures, send them off and then be able to drive with reckless abandon and I guess the goal is to either make it to the hangar if possible here okay here's some if thens uh, make it to the pos the hangar if possible and then he if he saw like any prevalent metas or uh, desist suits then he would crash the car into them and you know, if the car stopped or if he had enough momentum, uh, instead of just going out the door, he would brace himself and help propel himself when the car impacted to go through the window uh, and try to take out some, some additional people. Um, if he doesn't make it, he'll, you know... He'll be ready to jump out of the car at, at any moment, um, but he'll, if he doesn't make it, then he'll go out the side and then uh, hoof it on foot 
yeah, when he gets into hand-in-hand combat range, he'll pull out those sticks that he acquired from Red Empowered Scout. Uh, if there's any switches on him or anything, he'll or buttons, he'll try to flick those. Uh, if not, he'll just use them as blunt instruments. Um, but yeah, he would try to take out any noticeable metas at first and then he would work his way as fast as he possibly could to Greenwell or if he could um, make it to Greenwell and I guess he would he would be prepared for Greenwell to have some type of tech or self-defense items or, or something like that on him so, you know, I imagine Greenwell in a very nice tailored three-piece suit. Morgan would probably, like, rip a jacket off of him and give him, like, a quick pat down if he can get him into a choke. But I imagine it's not going to be that that easy that we're going to have to... He's going to have to go through a couple of people, uh, some mooks, and then some, some powered individuals. So Morgan puts the car in reverse slowly and begins to back up, holds up his phone, snaps some pictures of the area. He's able to quickly send them to Roland right before he slams the car back into drive and speeds forward. So while Morgan's hand-to-hand combat style is unorthodox due to the variety of different trainings he's had. There's only so many different ways you can drive a car. And say what you like about the cease and desist program, they are good at recognizing patterns. He doesn't get the car very far before there's another warning over the amplified, uh, you know, from, from one of the cease suits. It's like, this is your final warning. Turn around. And he's fishtailing in one direction or another, burning rubber. And then he does find himself going through the windshield, but not the way he was planning. If he got to the airfield and slammed into somebody. He's able to reconstruct mentally what happened later when he has time to think. And it seems like probably what happened was the first suit fired a blast into the back of the car, like just under the rear bumper. So the heat from it sort of flash fried the rear tires as the concussive force sort of propelled it forward. The back end goes, he's reconstructing this, so past tense. The back end probably went up and over. And then while it was in midair going forward a little bit, another suit shot it in the middle and blasted the car in half. It spun forward again and threw him out the front. The point being, Morgan briefly blacks out and comes to lying on the road with broken glass and bits of the car 
all around him. Uh, he can see the little flying armada overhead. It's about four drones and three suits now. One drone seems to be farther ahead, like it's on point. The other three are sort of swerving around in confusion, trying to pick up his signal. And the three suits, he can see them hovering. Um, two of them have their energy cannons trained on him. And the third is making little uh, maneuvering adjustments with its thrusters. He can't pick up on their communications, but they seem to be deciding what to do. And what they decide to do is power onto the airfield. They fly off dead ahead and take the drones with him and they leave him there. For everyone at home, I had Drew make a roll for sense motive or insight if you're in a 5e mentality or whatever, whatever in several other systems. Anyway, uh, he rolled uh, quite well. So Drew, what Morgan senses is that the third pilot, the third power suit is a different sort of person. He's not sure what exactly that tells him, but the two that are keeping their weapons trained on him are typical of their type. Uh, the third person is somebody else. Uh, in any case, they are flying on past him toward the airfield. Um, okay, as he's getting to his feet, his mystical radio pulses, and um, he hears a message from Roland, and he says, Roland says, I can bring people there for you, Chief, but you gotta be there. You're part of the sympathetic link. If you want me to send reinforcements, you gotta stay put for about 60 seconds. Let me know. Yeah, just this little encounter, uh, you know, with the car and about getting half blown up. He's uh, all geared up for some reinforcements, so he's going to send back a message and say, all right, I'm standing as still as I can right now, man. Um, hope it's still enough, you know, just in case I get shot with some missiles or something. So, yeah, Morgan kind of bouncing back from one foot to the other because his adrenaline's all up, is going to stand there and and wait. And also part of the message, he's just going to be like, man, send everybody that you can because I just have a feeling that this is going to get real, real ugly. And as soon as he starts to see like a breach or, or people starting to step through, Morgan's just full on charging, you know. Um, yeah, he's going to be the, the tip of the spear. While he waits, Morgan can see the desist drones enter into a holding pattern. Presumably around the airfield, he still can't quite see it. It's ahead and behind a slight rise. 
but he does track the cease power suits descending so they have landed by the time he sends off his message or well no before that sorry after that <sighs> let me take that sentence from the beginning he sees the cease power suits descending by the time he's finished sending back his message They've probably landed. Anyway, he's bobbing back and forth on his feet. The radio unit on his shoulder gets warm. Morgan holds down the button to listen. And Roland's voice is like, You're not gonna really know the people I'm bringing too well. But they're here, and they want to help. Just keep holding the button down. You gotta, uh maintain the link for us it's gonna be kinda and then the quality of his voice changes and it's as he says the word abrupt and Morgan feels like a weird sort of little ripple of pressure in the air as Roland and three other people suddenly appear one of them to his dismay, is Bianca. She has a makeshift costume of some kind. She's like tied a bandana around the lower half of her face, and she's got like a backwards cap. Um, she looks sweaty and a bit disheveled. Al along with her and Roland, who's holding a book in one hand and an old revolver in the other, is a man he doesn't recognize. He's a tall, thin, black guy with a long, uh, well-groomed beard wearing some sort of, like, semi-traditional outfit, like a long tunic kind of thing and baggy, uh, like, almost like pajama pants but um, also sneakers. This guy looks at him with recognition, even though Morgan has no idea who he is. And the fourth figure kind of makes him instinctively drop into a fighting stance because he recognizes Sister Catastrophe of the Seven. Of the Sept. Excuse me, the Sept. Sorry, I've been watching that show too much. Sister is empty-handed, and she holds up her hands, palms out, just to sort of reinforce that. She says, it's a long story, but I've changed teams. That's all I can tell you. I'm assuming all of this would give him some pause. Um... Like he would start to run and then see her and be like, uh-oh, enemy, and stop just long enough for her to say that. Um, and I'm also assuming that seeing Bianca would make him hesitate. Um, so I appreciate the take-off-running tip-of-the-spear thing, but um, I, I just figured him being the kind of guy he is 
and the teleportation working the way that it does, sort of sudden, that it would throw him off from that just a little bit. Anyway, um, the tall black guy is like, hold up a second. <clears throat> He's not going to be on that plane, man. Uh, I'm assuming Morgan would just sort of like cock his head or be like, what? And he continues, you're looking for Greenwell. He's not going to be on the plane. That's all I know. I came to tell you that I ain't here to fight nobody. You need to know he's not going to be on that plane. I'm telling you. That's all I got. Roland is like, this is uh, the prophet Jaleel. He checks out. He's probably right. Julia's like, what do you mean probably? And Roland's like, he's like, he's he's got like a 90% record. It's it's pretty good. Bianca is just Bianca nudges him with a elbow. She's like, okay, what come on, what now? Let's go. And uh Sister C seems ready as well. Um Roland and Jaleel seem to be hanging back. Roland's like, look, uh, me and this guy, uh, we're your ace in the hole. Uh, we're going to hang back here. Just go on. I'm I'm here to make sure we can evac if necessary. So just go on, do your thing. Oh, I forgot something. Um, Roland or Bianca, one of the two, would have been like, Sailor and Paku are holding down the sink. Um, somebody would have just told him that. So I'm guessing Morgan wouldn't waste time trying to convince Roland to come along or this newcomer Jaleel that he doesn't know as he and Bianca and Sister Catastrophe are running toward the airfield in between breaths Sister C is like had a kind of a rude awakening tangling with that old Puritan character made me realize I've been going about this all wrong for years. Morgan's going to get to the airfield and see it largely deserted. There's one plane on the runway and he can see people bustling around it, um, disconnecting Equipment. Somebody is, like, boarding up the staircase. The deployed stair ramp thing, whatever the fuck that's called. So he can see, he can see the, the plane is getting loaded. And um, if you will, give me one more roll. Do a notice roll. You got Morgan pretty much dead on when everybody comes out of the teleportation. He probably, you know, sees everybody starting to manifest or, or form and starts to take off and then catches Bianca out of the corner of his eye and probably stumbles a bit and catches himself and, and then looks around and yeah when he sees sister catastrophe he's just gonna knee jerk take a stance and uh, you know the interactions that you had between everybody is spot on so that's really cool he definitely didn't want Bianca to be there or hoping that she wasn't going to be there uh, just because this was the, the big fight and he's gotten his ass handed to him 
wait, let me restart that. He's had his ass handed. And, you know, just because she's his best friend. He is, but he's he's assuming that this is contingency at play. So he's going to, the suits watched out for him and had a plan. So he's, I guess, going to just go ahead and trust it. On the roll, I got a natural 20 uh, with a notice of 11. So that's 31. So there's all that.